Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Real View podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me today, I'm really excited. I have a co-host again. Um, I am super excited to uh, have Veronica Cardello, who is Director of Local Government Affairs here at Ohio Realtors, joining me on today's episode. Veronica, thanks so much for co-hosting uh, with me today. Thanks, Allison. I'm super excited. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a really great episode. We are so excited to uh, be talking to you guys today about Flood Insurance 2.0 and what that means and why Ohio Realtors um, should care. And it's quite a big deal. I'll be honest. Um, we had a webinar a couple weeks ago um, around this topic, and I was lucky to sit in on it. And I we wrapped up the webinar, and I said, this is awesome. We have to do a podcast on this. There's so much information that our realtors need to know about. This is going to affect your lives and your clients' lives um, starting now. So um, make sure to tune in. This is going to be a wonderful episode. So much to talk about. Veronica, I will let you um, kick it off and introduce our other wonderful guests who are joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. So we have our very own Austin Perez with NAR. He is the Senior Policy Representative for Federal Housing Valuation Insurance and Commercial Issues for NAR. I'm very happy to have Austin here with us. And then we also have Cindy Hayden, who is the Vice Chair for 2022 NAR's Insurance Committee. So Cindy, you're going to be playing a big role here coming up in 2022. It's going to be exciting. Cindy is a native Floridian and she became a real estate professional 16 years ago and has never looked back, folks never looked back. So with that being said, Austin, why don't you tell us a little bit about what the NFIP actually is? Thank you very much, Veronica and Allison. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on the podcast with you. So again, I am uh, your public policy expert on insurance matters in Washington, D.C. So I thank you very much for the the dues and the resources, the ability for us to have the resources we need in order to educate Congress and federal agencies on your behalf. Thank you very much for that. It's a privilege to be with you today. So National Flood Insurance Program, you might think it's not for Ohio, but flood insurance is actually an, an everywhere uh, kind of issue. It's not just a coastal issue. What we're seeing is we're seeing a lot more flooding in a lot more places. You can think of Davenport, Iowa. There are a lot of places in the Midwest where we're seeing flooding that's along rivers, but that's not just the only source of flooding. Snowmelt, a couple of months ago, you can Google it, monsoon season in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, literally pictures. It looked like uh, Hurricane Katrina from a couple of years ago, Harvey, where people were being rescued by helicopter from the top of their cars with the water rising. They got stuck in the water. Wherever it rains, it can flood. And it's not just along rivers, lakes, snowmelt, flash flooding. It can also happen away from water sources. Hurricane Harvey. It wasn't even a hurricane at that point in Houston area. It had moved inland and it was a storm and five feet of water was dropped in rain in just a number of few hours. It was a record-setting rainfall event. But the challenge with Houston is they didn't have the infrastructure. And I guess if you drop five feet of water anywhere in the U.S., it's going to flood. But 
Houston, the state of infrastructure and the lack of zoning laws, it just backed up and it was just like a big bowl and it just filled up and a lot of properties flooded. And that was just the first flood in three years, the first 500 year flood in three years. So we're seeing flooding in a lot of places that we weren't, that we've never seen before. If you haven't seen it yet in Ohio, you will be uh, seeing it if the trend lines uh, continue the amount and, and scope of flooding. So anyways, wherever it rains, it can flood. I I poached that from, I stole that line from FEMA. It's a line that FEMA really likes to use, and it's absolutely true. All right. So National Flood Insurance Program created 50 years ago. The private market does not include flood damage in a homeowner's insurance policy. It does not. I can tell you the number of times I have members or clients call me, oh, I flooded. I thought I was covered. I thought the damage was covered under a flood insurance policy, under the homeowner's insurance policy. It's not. You have to buy a special separate policy, either from the federal government or now there are some private insurance companies that will write it for you. So this program essentially provides a supplemental insurance specifically for flood damage um, that your clients can purchase. You or your clients can purchase pretty much anywhere um, in the country. And there's a quid pro quo. So in exchange for getting this insurance, your communities have to adopt flood maps, they have to keep them up to date. They have to adopt building standards anywhere where there's a at least a 1% annual chance of a flood risk called a special flood hazard area. You are required for a federally related mortgage. Your clients, in order to get that mortgage, have to have flood insurance, either from NFIP or the private market, in order to go to closing. That, in a nutshell, is the NFIP, is community-driven regulations. Insurance companies provide it. It's an NFIP insurance, federal government insurance product, and it supplements your standard homeowner's insurance policy. That was great, Austin. Thank you so much. So why should Ohio realtors really care about the NFIP? So again, wherever it can rain, it can flood. Just a, a small little personal note about me. So I'm the flood expert, right? You know, I'm I'm the guy who was not in the room when the assignments were passed around. And I, actually, I'm, I'm kind of kidding. I enjoy flood insurance, but I know just about everything there is to, to know about it because I take it seriously representing you. I try to be the smartest person in the room on this issue. So last year, and another thing about where I live. Uh, so I live in Maryland up on a hill. Wouldn't even call it a hill. I would call it a mountain. I do have a creek that flows below me about 200 feet. I am the lowest of low risk. You look at FEMA's map, I'm thousand year floodplain, a 0.01% chance of flooding in any given year, a very super, super duper low risk under FEMA maps. If you look at any private sector flood factor on realtor.com, I am a one. I am the lowest of risk. I flooded last year. Wow. And it didn't come from the creek below me. It actually came from above because I sit about three quarters of the way up on the hill. There was a very big rainfall in a very short period of time. It ran down the street uh, in front of my house. And it because of the grading, because my grading was tilted towards the wall of my basement, the water came in, it came into my landscaping, and it settled and soaked into the ground and rested against the, the wall of my basement. So when I walked in the next morning and I'm looking, wow, why is this drywall wet? So I called the contractor to fix it, and it was a very expensive project. I'm sure you know, redoing your entire front yard landscaping is not a simple project. So I had a contractor 
come up and he's looking at the wall. He's looking at the damage. He's telling me what he's going to have to do. And he says, well, Austin, do you have flood insurance? I said, you know what? That's funny. You should ask. Why would you ask me a question like that? I'm the flood insurance expert. Did you know this? And he said, well, because this is water coming in from outside. So it's considered flooding. It's not covered by your home insurance policy. You're going to have to go out of pocket on this whole thing. I am the flood insurance expert and even I can flood and even I can make the mistake of thinking that I don't need flood insurance when I do. And now I do have flood insurance. So yes, I'm in Maryland, but anywhere in Ohio. And I mean, you have basements in Ohio. So something unique to you, you also have homeowners coverage for backup of of sewers, but you have to buy a supplemental rider, uh, an endorsement is what they call it, an extra provision on your home insurance policy to cover the backup. It's a very small amount of money. So if you have significant backup, it's not really going to cover a whole lot of damage. And it depends on what caused the backup. So if it was an act, act of God, yes, that that's covered. But if it's the city redirecting water into a storm sewer system, or if it's you haven't maintained your or your client haven't maintained the pipes or you don't get in and clean it up in a quicker. There are lots of different ways where insurance companies can deny a claim even when you have that special supplemental coverage. So flooding is an everywhere kind of issue. If you're fortunate enough, you don't have clients who are in and around the special flood hazard area. It's not required, but anywhere it can rain, it can flood. And the prices are very expensive outside the flood zone. So even if you don't think you need it, it's not a bad idea to have your clients at least talk to an insurance agent to see if it makes sense for them. I think, I think Austin, you meant to say it's very inexpensive. I thought I heard you say expensive. Very inexpensive outside yes. the special <laughs> flood hazard area. I mean, it's a few hundred dollars yeah. outside the right. special flood hazard area. I mean, assuming you're a low risk and we're going to talk a little bit about the new flood insurance prices. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. Yeah, which is really exciting and um, something that's going to affect almost half of all Ohioans in a good way. (laughs) Not often do we hear these days the cost of things are going down, but um, with this new program, tell us a little bit about it and about these new uh, pricing structures. And also, I want to emphasize that this is a 50-year-old system, and I know, Austin, that you mentioned that, but this is historical uh, for our industry because this is the first time that it's really been looked at in 50 years. I mean, think about how much has changed in this world um, in the past 50 years. And, and this is one of the things that hasn't. And it finally is. So this is a huge deal. Tell us about it, Austin. Yeah. So we're really excited about this. NER, on your behalf, uh, Cindy Hayden, a number of members, a couple of years ago, there was a spike in flood insurance prices. I don't know if you recall 
it was in the news. There was a lot of uh, controversy and discussion about it. It was called something called the Bigger Waters Act. It was a law passed by Judy Biggert and Maxine um, Waters. And basically the idea was this 50-year-old program was going into debt and there was wide, broad, bipartisan support in order to phase out the subsidized flood insurance rate. So at the time, Congress passed a law that essentially said that if you buy a home, you can no longer get a subsidized flood insurance rate. And what resulted was pandemonium. I had calls, members, oh my gosh, $63,000 per year was one rate quote that we got. So this created a lot of controversy. And as a result, NAR created an insurance committee of members, which uh, Cindy is going to be my vice chair. She's going to be taking the leading role coming up next year. This insurance committee was charged with investigating what went wrong, how do we see $63,000 premiums per year, and we set out to hire actuaries, to bring in the experts, to sit down with FEMA. We got Congress to delay, to push off the law, but it's coming back. Those $63,000 rates were coming back. And so we sat down as a committee and we tried to figure out what was wrong with the system and how can we fix it? Well, so long story short, they were using a pricing methodology developed 50 years ago. And as Allison just pointed out, think back. I don't know how many of you have been in the business for 50 years, but think about some of the technologies if you have been in the business that long. I wasn't even born 50 years ago. (laughs) So think about how long ago, what it was like. And I've heard it described. Um, There was no MLS, so there was no internet. There were no personal commuters when this started out. My cell phone was the size of a, a brick block, you know, a cinder block brick that she would be a paperweight. You know, the MLS was a phone book on the table. They had an agent in at call and that would sit by a payphone. Does anyone remember what payphones were with dimes and nickels and quarters? And they, you know, they would get a call and then they would feed that coin operated phone and then they would call an agent to show up at a house in order to show the property. So, I mean, imagine if you were asked to serve your clients based upon technologies 50 years ago. Plus, because the technology were so old, FEMA could only use two pieces of information in order to price flood insurance for a property. So, again, imagine if you had to serve your client, say your client is now considering buying a $200,000, $300,000, dollars home, probably the biggest purchase of their entire lifetime, and you can only help them by that, giving them two pieces of information. Maybe it's their address and the number of square feet, or maybe it's the number of square feet and the number of floors, or maybe it has a basement, you know, it has a school in the neighborhood, you know, within five miles. Two pieces of information, 50-year-old technologies in order to serve your clients. So that is the current problem with the the current system. So, and before we get into, and I'm going to ask Cindy to, to take it from here, When you listen to Cindy and talk about the improvements that have been made that are rolling out April of next year for existing policyholders, think about the current system, 50 years old, two pieces of information. Think about the context. So as you're thinking about this new program, it's not new program or really Nirvana-like system. It's not new program or everything is fun and great and flood insurance is cheap and it's either new program or disaster coming down the road. I mean, it really is kind of like a ticking time bomb because right now you don't really know what the top insurance rate is when you help someone buy 
a property or buy flood insurance under the 50-year-old two pieces of information system, but that's going to change under the new system. So, I, Cindy, I, can you talk a little bit, I guess, about the changes that you help to, to work to implement? And, and I want to bring you into the conversation because I'm talking too much and what you, like, you're the member. So what do the members need to know? First of all, as you were talking, I was laughing, thinking, you know, Google didn't even come around till 30 years after NFIP. So imagine how much we actually make decisions just with the Google, you know? And so it's like, how did you find that? And we often um, talk about that even the non-special flood hazard areas that much of Ohio is, the rates were just kind of at a dartboard. They sort of said, hmm, maybe three to 500 sounds good. And the issue that we were having, just to put it in perspective, is over the time, we've collected about two thirds of what needed to pay out, right? So that means we're running this deficit, but it makes sense because with Austin's example of two pieces of information, the government was basically doing insurance, not like any other insurance. You know, there were no actuarial data. It wasn't really looking at the science. It wasn't really saying, what should it be and what are the risks and how do we make sure that we define a product that can be sustainable and equitable. And so what was interesting is over time with just those two pieces of information, places like Florida actually we became where they were paying sometimes up to four times what we were paying in, you know, and now again, we joke because when you get a storm, you kind of all of a sudden those numbers flip. But the reality is Again, the data was was just skewed based on how some of that played out. I think the important thing for realtors to know, and for me anyway, is I was one of those realtors that actually helped some families during the process of bigger waters. And so what happened then, but it's really hasn't been any different since then, was we sold properties and then... Congress passed a rule, the bigger waters, and and all of a sudden, people that had bought property in the last six months in a flood zone, their rates went from two thousand to fourteen thousand overnight. And uh, FEMA said, "Well, write us a check. We don't escrow that. You know, we need a twelve thousand dollar check, and we only have one deductible." And I mean, I looked in the faces of families who did everything right, and me as a realtor member you know, who gave them all the information I had. How would I know that Congress would go retro back six months? And I just remember people saying to me, like, basically, I'm getting foreclosed on and I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, I understand the system's broken, but, you know, all of us that were in it said that isn't the way you fix it, right? And so there was so much thought given to how do we also, as we move to the technology that we need to be, sustainable and sound logic and science, but also how do we give people a way to make sure that those that made decisions with the information available at the time, you know, aren't decimated the way Bigger Waters did. And so in 2014, actually Congress passed a Home Flood Insurance Affordability Act that has what's called a glide path. But the easy way to think about it is we just said, okay, here's where you are. Imagine back in bigger waters when they said, okay, you're at 2000 and this new rate's going to be 14,000. If they just said, well, that's going to go up 9% a year. You know, that's like our health insurance. That's like bread. And, you know, it's way better than gas prices these days. So, you know, but families could deal with that, right? And so you're like, okay, now I know. But there was no mechanism. So now there is that mechanism. So then the other piece that was missing 
is every person that I would sell, I live in, I live in a coastal community and I, I, I joke, I live on Florida and then my county's Pinellas and then I live on the barrier island. So I'm a peninsula on a peninsula on a barrier island. So we often joke that people say, oh, what do you think of this flood factor? And, you know, you might be a nine out of 10. I was like, oh, you need somebody to tell you that? Like, <laughs> I, you need more help than this, you know? <laughs> but the reality is that every family that I would help, and, you know, Ohio does have risky areas. So even though we were talking about how the majority of Ohio is like in good stuff, I mean, you've got what, Lake Erie in the north and you've got rivers and stuff. So again, you're not immune. There are families that are facing what families I work with faced. And I would say to them when we would buy a house, I would tell them two things that I would highly encourage them to keep the NFIP program because they were grandfathered. And at the time, if they went to a a private product and that company went under or changed, I said, I don't know if you could get back. And I made that same decision in my own family when I'm a retired IBM person that has IBM and health insurance. And when Obamacare came out and all these options, I just said, I don't want to switch till I know what I switch to is solid and sustainable, right? And so it's just a lot of questions. And so I would tell people first, you know, that you you want to really think about that option because you do have some grandfathering and some protection. But the second part was I would tell them, I don't know how high this is going to go. Like we had a peek behind the curtain, kind of like the Wizard of Oz for a moment. We like, whoop, and it was a horror story and we slammed it shut. And for 10 years, nobody's really said anything. And I would say the average realtor, if they weren't in it, doesn't even know how scary that was, right? But I do. And so I felt like I wanted people to know the truth. And I would say, I need you to know that this is going up and the number gets really, really big. And we saw numbers at, you know, 40,000. So I just telling you what I know, but, but I also would tell them it can't go up more than 18% a year. So if you're okay with that, that protection is there for you, but it still made it really hard. Now, what I think is powerful about the new system is that every home in America is one, not glumped with just being in an area. It's like being in a zip code. Okay, everyone in this zip code, you're getting this rate. And you're like, my house, I might've elevated it. I might've put in vents. Like, how come we all get the same rate? And how does that make sense? So now between LIDAR mapping, that's way more accurate about just different topography and heights and what a house is, we also can look at, you know, is there mitigation? You know, what's the true risk? So now one, each homeowner is rated individually. So they also know that whatever they do to make improvements, you know, they're benefiting from, right? They don't have to get glumped in with a big group. The second is they have this true rate that one, as a buyer now, when they get a quote, can decide, am I comfortable with that, right? But the third thing that realtors need to know that's really important is they have an ability for a seller to transfer that to a buyer. So say you were at 2000 and it was going to 10,000. So you can't even go to 14,000 before because FEMA made a lower, you know, can't go above $12,125. Whatever that is, you can look at that and go, and the new buyer can also have that same 13, 15, 20 years to know what that looks like. For me as a realtor, every day, I think what we do is we bring information and resources to buyers and sellers to make good decisions. And then they, as grownups, they make a decision on what works for their family. And now I feel like we have an ability 
to give them the information they need to make better decisions based on their comfort level. So I think those are some of the of the main things that are going to really help realtor members. And I think that the other piece is we are seeing more and more climate events and rainy day flooding and you know things that like Austin said, things that we didn't we all tend to think, oh, I don't live on a coast and the storm surge isn't coming. But you know, at the end of the day, there are almost 30,000 people in Ohio that are in, that do carry flood insurance policies out of your almost four and a half, over four and a half million people. And when I look, the average claim is almost $18,000, right? And now average means there's people a lot higher, people a lot lower. And so just like we find in other parts of our you know, insurance requirement, for a lot of families living paycheck to paycheck, that would be a really hardship. And the difference about flood that I find is in our area anyway, you know, you have to act quickly or you have mold and other exacerbating things, right? And if you don't have the funds to do that, it's really scary because it really can be a much bigger, bigger problem. Absolutely. And these changes are are happening now, correct? I I think we saw some of it um, in motion just at the beginning of October and the rest will will follow in April. How can um, realtors find out more information on this? I know there's some great resources out there that they can access to educate themselves and their clients. How else can um, we be prepared for the changes? Austin, I'll let you tell that NAR has put together a great resource for realtors. And in that resource packet, they've even created a flyer for realtors to give consumers so that we're the source of the source and we're not, we're staying in our box and being realtors and not trying to overstep. And we just connect them with good resources. And they've done an amazing job at really providing lots of information as well as where to go on FEMA. I think though, I want to, before we leave that topic, make sure I address something you said about it is a two-phase approach. And I think when we talk about this is a 50-year overhaul, there's no way that you could do anything like that and expect it to be perfect. What the FEMA did was take a very staged implementation and said, okay, day one, we're going to take new policies. And so there's less complexity with new policies because here's what it is. And then in April, we'll start phasing in existing policies. And it gives them six months to see if there's any tweaks. But more importantly, what we're seeing, I would say, and Austin, you can back me up, it actually gives insurance professionals the time they need to really understand how to work within the system and not make mistakes or glitches or miscommunications because we've had some stuff escalated. And it's a dual parallel thing where realtors have to get educated, consumers have to get educated. But at the end of the day, the insurance professional is the one that's making all this go into action. So, you know, even the transfer of existing policies is a level of complexity that I think FEMA was wise to give them that six months to get in there, get comfortable, and then be ready to help existing policyholders make that transition. Absolutely. That was a great point. Thanks for uh, clarifying Mm -hmm. that. Absolutely. Anything else before we wrap up that uh, we want to make sure our Ohio realtors and realtors, you know, across the country, this is going to affect everyone, not just um, Ohio. Anything else that uh, we want to make sure we touch on before we wrap up today? First, I'm really in awe. You just heard Cindy Hayden, who's a realtor. She's a member just like you. And I staff a committee of 50 Cindy's, but Cindy is the star among the Cindy's on my insurance committee. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm in awe and I'm, I'm amazed. She knows as much, if not more than I do. And she's a practitioner. Now, you know, having said that from an NER stand, I'm not an attorney, but let me channel NER legal. No one expects you to be a flood insurance 
expert. No one expects you to have the depth and breadth of knowledge that Cindy has. However, what I would like you to note is that Cindy is a preview of things to come for Ohio. Cindy has been in this in around this program working with clients for at least a decade. She's very high on the learning curve. It is a very steep learning curve. If you take anything away from me, this is a very complicated program and you have to be doing an awful lot and paying attention and getting a lot of details in order to do it. So what do you do? NER has provided uh, resources for you. We recognize you're a real estate professional. You're not a flood or insurance expert. So we've tried to provide resources to make it as simple as possible for you. So if you go on ner.realtor slash flood insurance, we have provided just about everything and anything that you can think of, hopefully. And please, you know, email me, call me, contact me. I'm sure we can provide you the information if there's something up there that we should have that we don't. But we've got frequently asked questions. We've got talking points. We've got issue briefs. Cindy mentioned we co-branded a flyer with FEMA that you could simply hand clients in case they have questions about the new pricing system. We've tried to make it as simple as possible for you. It sounds very complicated, but this is no different than the way you would handle any question you might get from a client. Termites, any kind of water damage, what do you normally do today? What do you do? Well, first, you have a list of people that your clients can call to get answers. You're the source of the source. So you're a property insurance source. You're not the source of the information. You're not a home inspector. You're not an appraiser, but you've got a list of home inspectors, a list of appraisers who can help your clients answer any question that they have about various aspects of buying a home, buying and selling a home. So do the same thing with flood insurance. Have a couple of insurance agents, not just any insurance agents, but insurance agents that specialize in flood. Have a couple of licensed surveyors or uh, professional engineers. They can help you do a property-specific home inspection to see if there is a, a flood risk. They can give you something called an elevation certificate, which might help with your insurance prices. There is a local government official that manages, runs the program for NFIP in your local community. If you don't know that person, if you don't have that person's information on speed dial, you should take a few minutes to go on a website. It's generally a person in your building codes, your building permits office in your local community, find out who is the local government floodplain manager and add them to your list. Now, I, I know you all have an Angie's list for just about everything. So the best thing that you can do is develop those Angie's lists when it comes to flood insurance questions so that if and when you get the question from a client, you actually have a list of flood insurance and risk professionals who can help your clients with what could be the, the most significant financial commitment of their lifetime. So just do what you do for everything else. Do all the great work and excel for everything else. Just do the same thing for, for flood insurance. And that would be my recommendation coming from, as your staff from Washington, D.C. And I'd like to just share that um, being a realtor, one of the biggest challenges we have sometimes is helping to have consumers see our value you know, and for me, I love being able to work with them on the efforts we do in advocacy and help them understand that that who's fighting for them, who is making this happen. You heard Austin say this is 10 years of work and five years of a committee grinding it out, you know, kind of historically with a government agency. And so what I think is really great to take away if I were uh, an Ohio realtor 
is 45% of people that currently have those policies are seeing a decrease. We got good news to tell. I hope that Ohio realtors are investing in our pack and are, you know, understanding that we make a difference and they should be proud to tell the story of how NAR was in front of this. They as realtors that they invest in our pack are part of the solution and that they can take that flyer I mean, if it's the end of the year and you're trying to talk about getting business and and conversations lead to closings, this is a great conversation that whether people have it or not, hey, have you looked at this option? If you have it, hey, you might want to ask somebody, reach out. You know, a lot of people are finding good news. and, And if you find anything glitchy or it seems weird, maybe you're seeing a big change that Austin has made himself available. And they also, as you heard, set up a hotline with FEMA. So you can escalate that. You're not alone. NAR has your back to make sure that what, and Ohio, it has Ohio Realtors back to say, hey, we've got you. Like there could be a glitch, you know, but I think this is a moment. Sometimes we squander them. This is what consumers care about in my world, right? And I believe that in Ohio, this is a 50 year change. You as a realtor distinguish yourself as a professional when you can bring this kind of information. And as Austin said, you don't have to know anything. They've got a flyer. And at the end of the day, if I were a realtor, I'd be calling people saying, hey, this system just got overhauled for the first time in 50 years. I'd love to share more about it. And then who do you know that I should talk to about it? Like that would be a great conversation to have to drum up, you know, interesting conversations. And if nothing else, it separates you from people that just open doors and put signs in the yard. So I would say two messages there are there's great news for Ohio as a result of this, that you are not subsidizing other places. You're seeing decreases. And as realtor members, because of the work NAR and your volunteers have done and RPAC and advocacy, you should take pride and own it and use it to help distinguish yourself as the professional you are. That's what I would say. Could I add uh, one more thing on this? I want to make sure this point that Cindy's making is a really critical one, for, especially for Ohio. So under the current program, 50-year-old, two pieces of information, we used to do the prices by zone. So you could see the exact same rate along an Ohio, any Ohio river that you could get right on the coast in St. Pete's, Florida, Miami, Florida, you could see the exact same rate in Ohio that you see in Florida. And so everyone was basically, you know, there were two rates. There was either you're in a high risk zone, your rate's high, or you're in a low risk zone, your rate's low. And it really had no connection to the risk. Under the new system, the prices are going to be priced individually. So each home is going to be rated individually rather than by broad flood zone, which is great news for Ohio because your risk is mostly either riverine, overtopping of a river, or rainfall. A lot of rainfall backs up in a sewer system. So your risk is different than if there's a hurricane pushing a tsunami or storm storm surge with some velocity onto a coast. It's a very different, it's a much lower cost kind of, of risk. A, a property that's in the way of storm surge is tens of thousands of dollars of damage, whereas in Ohio, the water is rising. So it's not the same velocity. You're not talking about knocking over houses. You're talking about soggy carpets or soggy basements. And so the risk is much less generally in Ohio. So under the new system, what is Cindy is pointing out is that 50% of NFIP policyholders under the new system will see their rates decrease in year one. 
So five zero fifty percent of Ohio's flood insurance rates will decrease April after April 1 of next year because the new system is pricing individually based upon the risk to individual properties in Ohio. So NAR policy, which was adopted, it's been reaffirmed by the board of directors, is if I own a property or my client owns a property, I shouldn't have to pay for someone else's risk. My price should be based upon what it costs to insure me in my individual home. And so the new system instead of using two pieces of information and 50-year-old technology, it's using the same modern technologies that insurance companies does and is providing a whole list of property-specific factors. It's the cost to rebuild each structure. It's the distance to the nearest water source. It's the major source of flood risk, whether it's rainfall or storm surge. It's the elevation of the first floor of your house relative to grade, the lowest point of the structure of your house. It's your ground relative to surrounding area. Are you in a valley? Are you up on a hill? So there are literally now a dozen pieces of information based upon modern 21st century technologies. That's what FEMA is using under the new system. And that's good news for Ohio. That's the reason why 50% of your rates are going down on year one. One thing I do want to mention, which is because of this 50-year-old system, new construction, you might ask yourself, well, so the program's $20 billion in the hole. How are they going to make up the money? It's new construction. Cindy and I have witnessed over the last couple of months properties that multi-million dollar properties that were able to get a $300 rate that are in super high risk a couple of blocks off the coast in Miami in the highest risk storm surge area. They're just outside the highest risk zone. They're right on the line. But under the current system, they can get a $300 rate for a multi-million dollar property. Those subsidized rates are going away. In the future, new construction is going to be priced to the individual actuarial risk of that structure before you build it, before you buy it. So property owners will now be able to make different decisions. So we're not adding to the situation of property owners buying properties before they know the risk they're seeing in their insurance prices. Is this a very risky place? Is this not a very risky place to buy, build, locate so that your clients can make better decisions up front rather than getting into a house and then finding out five, 10 years later after the map is updated that they're in a, a really high risk flood zone and their flood insurance is going to $63,000 a year. So that is gone under the new system. And that is why the new system works so well for Ohio. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And I want to say, remembering back uh, to the webinar, that Ohio is one of the highest. I don't think we could confirm exactly if we were the highest or not, but definitely up there as to one of the highest that are that's going to see those changes and those prices decrease, which is really exciting and really awesome news. Like Cindy said, this is great news. How often do we get to say the price of something has gone down? <laughs> not often. <laughs> <laughs> not often. So Thank that is you. great news uh, for everyone all around. And this is such awesome, amazing, wonderful information, you guys once again, uh, nailed it. I appreciate it so much. I know our realtors are going to find value in this as well as our consumers and property owners. You know, this is affecting them too. So thank you guys so much for your time and for sharing uh, this wonderful information with me. 
thanks so much for the work that you've done on this. I mean, you are changing people's lives and impacting uh, generations to come. I know this was not an easy process and a lot of hard work went into it. So on behalf of the Ohio Realtors and all of our homeowners here, we appreciate you guys. And thanks so much for your effort. And thanks so much for being here with me today. Veronica, thank you for co-hosting with me. It was great to have a a co-host again for this special episode. (laughs) Thank you guys again so much. We appreciate it. All of our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time. This has been a Humble Pod production. 